our thing is speed and ease of use. We want the 85-year-old grandma to be able to come in, use our platform, and run a successful auction just like the 30-year-old mom with three kids that maybe is more tech-savvy, right? Let's go. So I'm here with uh, Tom Kelly. Tom is one of the raddest guys you'll meet. He uh, comes across as very nonchalant and calm, and uh you quickly feel like you're 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 with this person who's got a really neat presence, and you can't help but feel uh, just welcome. And yeah, so this is this is Tom Kelly. And did you know? You probably knew this. You're pretty famous. You're a professional baseball player. You're a professional musician. You're uh, you're, you're with like Ideo Labs. <laughs> there's if you Google Tom Kelly, you're going to find a lot about Tom Kelly. But there's um, there's a lot of Tom Kellys in the world, and this is the one that has created charity auctions. And uh, has created a very successful business, um, and it's uh, I'm pleased to say that Tom has now become a friend of mine, and we have a mutual friend in common as well. And so, uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Tom, and maybe just ask a quick question: like, why don't you quickly introduce yourself and um, and how you got started in charity auctions? Yeah. So uh, thanks for for having me on. Uh, it's an honor. I know you have I you and I have been uh, friends here now for for a while, and um, you are just an amazing person. So this is quite an honor to to be talking with you for sure. Um, so charity arch today, we're basically a GoFundMe for the auction world. So we work with nonprofits and schools to basically bring all their fundraising auctions online, uh, so that they don't have to use paper bid sheets. So a Hour, two hour long checkout process can be done in five minutes and it just kind of saves time and energy for um, all the stay at home moms or the admins or the teachers that are kind of running these events, um, you know, for for their organizations. So I started this about. I want to say like 15 years ago, uh, it started as something completely different than what it is today. How how we kind of the original vision for it was I was selling something on eBay and I made about twenty five dollars and after eBay took all of their fees, I think I was left with like nineteen dollars or eighteen dollars and I was like, well, I don't really need eighteen dollars. I'm like, I wonder if I can donate the full twenty five dollars and get a twenty five dollar tax refund or a tax credit or a donation, you know, write off. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how I could do this and you know see if I can get other people to, to kind of utilize it too. Maybe there's more people like me. So I started building out a software. I found a, an auction script, a developer, and I started building this out. And I quickly found like, you need millions of bidders. You need millions of items. And uh, that idea just didn't work. Well, it was a great idea because eBay actually came out with a service like two years later that now I think is still in existence where you can donate all of the money to a, a nonprofit. Um, but when we were building it, our first customer that was ever on our platform, it was a very small nonprofit that actually happened to be local here in Chicago. And they're like, you know what? I don't want anybody else to have access to my auction. I just want my members to have access. Can you make this just private just for me? And that's when I quickly jumped out with the developer. I'm like, Hey, let's make everything private. You know, don't open it up to the public. And this one small nonprofit, they probably had like 75 members, um, had a great auction. And then I don't know how it happened, but it just started 
you know, kind of building from there, like the snowball effect just kind of took it, took over. And I don't know if it was so long ago that there was only like one or two other competitors, but we did really good with SEO. We ranked really high. We got a lot of traffic. We didn't spend any money on advertising and the whole private auction for nonprofits and schools is what that market needed. So it was just by dumb luck, I think, that we had that first customer that was like that was like vocal enough to say, hey, this is what I need and what I want. And then us being like, okay, I can do that for you. Uh, and turning around within like two weeks to be able to take a public marketplace auction script to then, you know, um, code or like program it, change it to just make private links and auctions. And then, you know, obviously we've grown out of the script, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we kept having back then was we we were on GoDaddy servers and we kept growing and then our servers would crash and then we'd grow, we upgrade our servers and then we'd crash. And so it's been um, over the years, we've, I think we're on our like third or fourth full rebuild from the ground up, code, new code base, new everything, and just kind of using new technology and growing. And it's it's been a wild ride ever since. Oh wow! Yeah, no, that is uh, <laughs> that is something. Full rewrites. Uh, for those who don't know, that is a uh, big undertaking. Yeah, it is, uh, substantial. So, uh, the so so where did like did you are you naturally entrepreneurial? Did you know that that was something you're going to get into? Yeah, um, I think. Uh, Ever since high school, um, I've always been, uh, I've known I've always wanted to own my own business. And I actually, here, one thing that I actually just thought about the other day, when I was growing up, my parents got divorced when I was two years old. And my father, you know, I didn't find out till later, like my father was entrepreneurial. He tried, like he invented a patent and um, got a patent issued. He tried opening a pet store. But those ideas failed and he never kept going. He ended up becoming a programmer at IBM um, and got into management. And he kind of put his whole business, you know, uh, aspirations to the wayside and maybe to just, you know, know, uh, I don't know, just raise his kids or do whatever. Right. Well, then my mother remarried a man that was very entrepreneurial and and he's the one that basically raised me. Right. He owned apartment buildings and businesses. And, you know, he, he was he kind of always instilled in me like, hey, if you really want to be wealthy, you need to own your own business and you should always have multiple streams of income and this and that. And I, I was thinking the other day I was driving the car and I had this epiphany like, fuck, like the world, like like the universe has a plan for you. Like if my parents never got divorced and my mom didn't remarry my stepdad, would I be who I am today, right? Would I be entrepreneurial? Because my father was, but he he failed and he never kept going. He just kind of took the failure. And would he have instilled in me like, hey, no, it's too hard. It's too risky. You wouldn't have, you know, I've done it and tried, you know, you don't need to try, just go work for somebody, right? And I was thinking like, man, if, if they didn't get divorced and my mom didn't remarry this one man on this planet that instilled all this into me, like, would I still be the person I am today? And I just sat back and I was like, man, the universe does put the things in in your life that I think it wants you to do. Right. Um, But it's just weird how all of those events just kind of led to um, kind of who I am today. 
Wow, what a what a positive way of looking at that, and just like, yeah, uh, you know, that's very interesting. The uh, I, I can I'm not a psychologist, so I'm, but I'm sure if the, you know if we had a psychologist joining us right now, they'd be like digging into that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like because that's that's so cool, right? It's it you've um, you, so, but you you have this entrepreneurial uh, talent now. Did do you feel like that was something that you you developed over time then, or is it, do you think you always had it? And it was a bit about the encouragement and the, uh, and the space that you were in that helped to cultivate that, uh, in you. Yeah. So I, I remember, um, if, uh, I, I remember back in high school, um, I would, I don't know where I would find these things, but it was always these like get rich quick schemes, like, Oh, fill these envelopes and send them out and, you know, do this and do that. And I remember having like my friends, like I printed out everything and they were stuffing envelopes and I was mailing them out, you know, when I was like 18 years old, you know, in high school. Um, but even like way back then, I always knew that I wanted to do something. And then, you know, when I got into like my twenties, I was like, I want to be in technology. Like I'm like, that's where everything's going. I want to be in technology. And I just wanted to do that. And, and it's funny, like if you ever go into my office at home, um, my wife, like I have a whole file cabinet of like, tw- I think we counted, it was like 24, 26 companies that I have started over the years that I started and are no longer here. Right. And they're, they were all failures. Right. So, but I kept, I have a manila folder for every single one of them with the name of it on top of it, with all the paperwork for each one. And my wife even said to me, she was impressed how after like, I mean, there's more than 20, it's like 24 to 26. I can't even tell you how many she's like, I can't believe you did this this many times and you didn't give up. And it's like, that's just the thing. It's like, I, I look at it like um, I get discouraged sometimes when some things don't work out, but then I go to bed and then I wake up the next day and I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. You know, I'm either doing, trying to figure out how to make that thing work, which I've done. I've wanted to give up on charity auctions today multiple times. And like you hit these roadblocks where you're going so well and then you get these great auctions and then, you know, your server crashes in the last 15 minutes and they can't raise their extra $15,000 because all the money comes in at the very end, you know, and they're yelling at you and they're screaming at you. And it's like you get so discouraged and you want to give up because it's like, I just can't get this to work. Right. Like we, we grow, but then we always have these setbacks. But then, you know, I go to bed and then I wake up the next day and I get all that behind me. I have, you know, I get down on myself for about, you know, a few hours, but then go to bed, wake up and then I'm right back at it. And because I just know that I can do it. And I think um, I was having this conversation with somebody else recently. I don't know how I do it. It's just I don't know if my brain's wired that way, but. Um, a lot of people, I don't think they just don't think that way, I guess. I don't know, but I don't think it's as big of a, it's not as hard for me, I guess, to do it, uh, or to change my mindset to say, Hey, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I failed, but I'm going to take a break for a few hours, go to sleep, wake up. And then I almost forget about it. And then I'm driven again to keep pushing forward and, you know, keep trying to grow what I'm trying to build. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I definitely like you can, I can have frustrating days. I like how, um, uh, I heard someone call it. What was it? Uh, it's not a frustration. It's a puzzle. I that was a great way of describing it. Um, 
but I have, I have puzzling days and then I go to bed, wake up, feel energized. So I, I can totally relate to that. It's like you feel rejuvenated. You're ready to go. Uh, when you, uh, so there's a couple questions there. I'm wondering is, do you remember a time when you, you know, like an early memory where you encountered some obstacle? Maybe you felt that it was almost impossible, but then you overcame it. Or was that something you encountered later in business? You know what? All um, when it comes to obstacles in business, every obstacle that I've faced has been me. Um, I have always been the obstacle, and I'm still working through that. Right, um, and which is why this year I'm dedicating this entire year to just focusing on me. I'm not focusing on the the business. I'm focusing on improving myself because I feel like we've been very successful. Uh, we've grown, you know, multiple companies. Um, and if I want to get to my next level of success and my goals, like I'm not going to be able to do it with who I am as a person today. Um, so, you know, when it comes to obstacles, you know, it's really, I was always getting in my own way. I was hiring the cheapest pe person I can find for that specific job. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't looking for A players. I was like, oh, I can do this myself or I can learn it. Um, and I always felt like I needed to, you know, know exactly how, like, let's just say marketing. You know, I needed to know how Facebook ads worked or SEO or, you know, copywriting. And the problem with that is, is you're basically learning a new skill and you're never going to be good at it unless you focus on it constantly. Um, and really kind of the obstacles that were, I was always running into was wasting money on hiring people that I thought could do the job or that I could train them or show them how to do it. Uh, and now what I do now is just find the A player and hire them and let them tell me what to do. Uh, and I just get out of their way. Um, I give them the resources that they need um, and, you know, let them do their thing. So give a quick example um, is this past, uh, you know, when we were in uh, Boston together, Amber Spears with the affiliate program, I just hired her right before our call. So we're building out our entire affiliate marketer where she's finding an A player for me. She's going to train them, build out the program. And our entire marketing department is going to go all in on, you know, this whole strategy. But that's me getting myself out of the way and saying, hey, I'm going to hire you to find me the A players because you're the expert in this department um, and the strategy. And, you know, once I learned that, things have been, you know, been amazing. Um, but I've struggled with a lot of personal things, which I can share with you soon. But, um, you know, that's, you know, trying to get myself out of the way and focusing on my personal development is really kind of what is excelling right now. That's amazing. And for those that don't know, a charity auctions is very successful. Like you've grown a very successful business and you almost got too successful because all of a sudden, uh, just from, from our conversations, you, you were like, okay, what do I do now? Right. You hit all your goals. You hit all your personal goals. So I, I think like that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare for somebody to um, to be able to accomplish so many things at, uh, you know, a fairly young age and to do it so well. So I, I want to give you full, uh, uh, you know, what's the word credit for that? Because that's that's very amazing. What what drives you now? Like what motivates you uh, today? Yeah, I mean, 
I think probably the biggest thing that motivates me now is I've, I feel like I've kind of, I, I don't even know if I want to say this, but I feel like I've really neglected my family, you know, my kids and my wife, the first 10 years. Today's actually our 14 year anniversary, my wife and I. Um, and I feel like because since, since pretty much the day that her and I met, I've owned a company uh, or multiple companies and I've been hustling and growing. And then we had kids, we had three kids in the, in the meantime. And, you know, she has been an amazing person. And I think the number one thing for my success is I picked the right partner. She is amazing. I think if it was, if she was any other person, I don't think I would be as successful as I am today um, because she one puts up with a whole bunch of stuff that that uh, a lot of people wouldn't, but she supports and she does everything. She she is kind of that um, everything I lack, she excels at, and every, and the things that she lacks, I excel at. Right, so it's a good uh, we complement each other very well. So that I think is definitely the. Um, uh, the biggest thing for, for my success, but, uh, I almost forgot, I forgot what your question was, but if you could remind me one more time. So what motivates you now is driving. Yeah. You? So, so basically what motivates you now is just now that I've gotten to, I've, it's been very, it's, I want to say it's been very hard to get to this point, uh, because I kind of did it on my own. Um, I didn't really seek out help. I know, um, you know, we have mem uh, mentors and, and business coaches and things like that. My biggest regret is I didn't participate or ask more questions earlier of them or ask for help, um, you know, or even try to build relationships with other people, you know, in the business world, thinking that I can do everything myself, you know, is been, you know, probably one of the biggest regrets I've had so far. Um, and what I'm doing now is I'm trying to build those relationships. I'm trying to use other people's expertise. I'm trying to get myself out of the way so that I can let other people, you know, build. So what motivates me now is really just trying to be a coach, you know, for my team and for other people that I meet. And, you know, like even just on like my, you know, Instagram and social media now, just like trying to just show everybody my success path has been great because you get other people's feedback and I'm hoping I'm motivating people to just get up and start moving or, you know, just doing anything. Um, and that is kind of what's motivating now where I'm kind of in a position financially where I can kind of, I don't want to say take my foot off the gas because I'm not, it just feels like I am because I'm able to hire the people to do the work that I used to do which frees up my time, right? Bought back, bought back my time. But now I'm trying to fill it with positive um, self-improvement so that I can kind of keep coaching my kids, keep coaching my employees, you know, keep just being a positive influence on anybody I meet, like you, you know, I want, I want to be a positive influence on you and, you know, and, and everybody. So, you know, the cool thing was yesterday I went on, you know, every, every day, one of my non-negotiables is working out for 45 minutes. And yesterday, my son, you know, saw me. He's like, Dad, I want to go with you. Can I rollerblade with you while you go? I'm like, heck, yeah, you can, dude. You know, and it's like those are the moments where he never wanted to be with me. You know, he's 10 years old. And now all of a sudden, I think he sees, you know, kind of I don't know if I'm just my energy is higher and I'm vibrating at a bit better frequency where he's just kind of attracted to it. But 
I'm really just motivated to kind of be there for my kids and, you know, kind of do all of that. And I don't want that to sound like a generic answer, but I honestly feel like that right now. <laughs> like that's the thing that's motivating me. And I, I really want to be there for, for them um, and, and just kind of provide them, you know, whatever they need, whether it's business or advice. And I want them to just kind of look up to me and, and feel like, you know, I'm not just talking out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome i mean is there anything more like valuable and worthwhile than that like that's that's really cool you know for me growing up i i don't like mind this it just was a reality but my dad was very busy you know he was working i'm i would wake up in the morning and maybe i'd see him but usually he was already gone by the time i woke up i'd go to school i'd get home um 7 p.m and he would come home and then um and that was so there's like a very brief moment of of time where i'd see him and now like later in life in my adulthood that's when um we both got into cycling together and i have this amazing friendship with with my dad now and i cherish it more than anything else it's uh it it truly is special and so like for you and your son that's i i can just see that being so powerful to have that like today and and i and i appreciate the work that he put in for the family, that's something he was very selfless. He he chose to um, ensure that everyone was provided for, and I think that that was yeah really well. And my mom was a great uh, partner in that too, so that worked great. Uh, so for when you started, uh, did you did you raise money or or did you kind of bootstrap it? So everything was bootstrapped. Um, I I did about maybe like five years in, um, when we started getting to the, the point where we're like, oh, okay, we have a real business here, right? We, we I built it in the basement on the nights and weekends after, you know, working a full-time job. And when we started actually making some pretty good revenue, um, I actually, someone reached out to me, a, a credit card processor, a company out of Dallas, Texas, and they wanted to invest. And I was like, oh, awesome. Great. Let's get some investors. You know, they, they offered some, some money and they said that they were going to bring all these resources. They have all these salespeople and they wanted to do all the credit card processing and work donations. Right. So it's all just cash being processed, you know, through our platform. And they just wanted a piece of that. They thought it was a strategic partnership. And I quickly found out, I took their money. They took, uh, I think, like 25% equity uh, stake in, in the company. And as soon as that happened, like, I got no resources from them. Like, none of their salespeople ever sold their product. We never really had clear, you know, vision, I guess, on how we would work together. Um, and it was just one of those situations where I started regretting. I'm like, oh, God, why did I do this? So I ended up. Um, we were thinking about like our company was going, we were losing money. We implemented their their credit card processor and they wanted everybody to create their own merchant accounts. Well, we lost 75% of our business in like the first six months. So like, because nobody want like our, our user base doesn't want that model. They want the Stripe model where they don't have to pay a monthly fee. They only use, run an auction once a year. Like that whole, we're going to create 10,000 merchant accounts for this credit card processing company just doesn't work for our type of user. And I think they they realize that they probably like, uh, well, it ain't going to work. And then they just stop putting time and effort into it. Um, 
And I thought about closing down the business and just saying, you know what, forget it. And then I'm like, you know what, I can't do that. I made a promise to this person that you know that I took the money from. So I ended up converting it to a loan and paid him back plus interest and took the equity back. Um, so that was a good win-win for both of us. Um, and you know, it took a couple of years to to kind of you know come back out of that, but my advice or what I would do in the future is if I am going to take money, it has to be from somebody that's going to provide value in some way, shape or form. They just wanted to give me a blank or not a blank check, a check and take equity and say, here you go, Tom, you, you just keep growing it and make me more money. Well, I don't think that's the right way of doing it. Like I think whoever you take money from, you know, needs to be able to have a positive impact on the business, whether it's bringing more business in, mentoring you um, in some way, shape or form to help grow um, or or something. But taking money from somebody that can't provide any value, I think is just, for me, I don't know, maybe for other people, it's different. But for me, I would never do that again. They would have to provide some type of a, a win-win, you know, for the company. Yeah, that um, surprises me as well, hearing that, because you would think if somebody now owns a part of the business, they would have a strong incentive to want to see that business grow. Yeah. So they'd be investing time, resources, advice, something uh, towards that. And um, But it sounds in their case, they must have just seen it more as a strategic alliance. And, uh, and, and yeah, but it didn't work. So how have you grown? uh profitably how how have you how have you reached new clients or new customers yeah i mean we have still um to this day we still have no salespeople. <laughs> every every time um we try to put in salespeople, our our revenue goes down uh because with our type of user base we're we're kind of a unique company where um you know we're go fund me for the auction world right people want that want to run an auction we're dealing with stay-at-home moms. We're dealing with volunteers. We're dealing with people that just they get tasked. You're at a PTO meeting, and they're like, "Hey, let's run an let's run an online auction." Okay, Susie, you go out and find something. Well, Susie has a thousand things to do. Um, you know, she's got probably three kids. The last thing she wants to do is fill out a form, jump on a webinar, figure out if this company will do what they do. And what we did was we were actually one of the first people in the space to look at GoFundMe and be like, oh, shit, people want to just come in, create their page and launch it. And they don't want to talk to anybody. So as soon as we did that, our, our signups, our conversion rates doubled basically overnight. When we said, hey, you don't have to pay for anything up front. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can just come in, build out your auction and launch it whenever you're ready. That is what our people, our users wanted, right? So that's kind of what we stuck with, which has been great. So, you know, and our thing is speed and ease of use. We want the 85-year-old grandma to be able to come in, use our platform and run a successful auction, just like the 30-year-old mom with three kids that maybe is more tech savvy, right? Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we started to excel is when we said, hey, Let's remove some of the the um, the friction points with sales and just let people in and go. So kind of how we grow now is we, we just focus on content and SEO. Um, we're now implementing our affiliate program um, because we feel that is probably the best use of our sales uh, resources, our sales dollars that we're going to be investing in. 
um, and just building a whole um, you know group of partners and people that can refer users over and take a. And I have no problem sharing percentages of, of the money that we make, right? Uh, if if people are going to come out there and actively market it, probably better than we would. Yeah, no, that that's so. Then it's kind of been it's really through SEO search organic growth, user adoption, so product-led growth. And then are you getting um, are you getting any word of mouth or referrals? Yeah, so we get a lot of word of mouth. Um, so we have some big clients. So we have like the Dave Matthews Band, John Mayer. Um, so That's awesome. Straits, you know, like a lot of big bands that have big followings. Um, Lindsey Vaughn, the Olympic gold, uh, skier. Um, so we do uh, the auctions for their their nonprofits. Um, and so the great thing about them is one, it builds credibility for us, but when they run an auction, which they do several times a year, you know, they're blasting it out to, you know, hundreds of hundreds of thousands or millions of their, their followers. Right. So as soon as they launch an auction, one of the things that we found is we have to know when they're going to launch it because we have to beef up our servers because what happens is a flood of people come in right away. Um, so it's just been fun to do that, but, you know, we, we just kind of build it. And we also create it in a way where when you're a bidder, the great thing about what we do is we don't have to bring the bidders to the table. You know, we create private auction links um, and the organizations bring in their own bidders. And then we can then promote like just like DocuSign. You know, you fill out a DocuSign and at the very end it says, hey, would you like to create uh, your own DocuSign account? Well, we do the same thing, right? Hey, we want to run your auction. We're building out our um, uh, brand ambassador program for stay-at-home moms to be able to make money in their areas by hosting auctions in their areas and utilizing our software so that they can make, uh, you know, make extra income on the weekends. You know, like our goal going into next year is how do we take our users and how do we get them to build a business for themselves and make money, like make an extra stream of income for themselves? And so that's kind of our first uh, quarter of next year goal is to get that program launched and, and and kind of create that platform. So all of these stay-at-home moms that already have great relationships in their neighborhoods uh, or these volunteers um can take our platform and make a business out of it. We already have people that do it now. We're, we're kind of, you know, working with them on a, on a beta version, but they're making tens of thousands of dollars, you know, um, every year utilizing our platform. And we're just trying to put that on steroids and create a program that, you know, people can just replicate, you know, duplicate and replicate um, you know, in their areas and uh, just kind of support them for it. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's very cool. What a cool one business. And then you get such a wide reach too, because you probably have people who are using your platform from all over, which is definitely a big impact. Think of the impact you've had on the world, the amount of money that's been raised and the amount of people that have uh, charities have been able to help and serve other people because of this platform. This is the thing that always like blows my mind. I'm like, you, you said like the universe has a plan. Well, um, I just think of it like, man, how cool is it that the you know, you have this great idea and you have this dream and this desire. And it's kind of like a combination of entrepreneurialism and also, you know, do good or, or have some sort of sense of purpose. And you're like, why don't we just go and build this and solve this problem for this cu customer in uh, Chicago and see what happens. And out of that has now you have a platform that wouldn't exist if you hadn't built it. And, you know, 
I'm sure it's very stressful, like it is, right? When you're scaling up servers and stuff goes down and uh, the worst is when you have a chain, like a chain event where like you have, I don't know how your servers work, but ours are um, are configured in uh, in uh, a chain. And so sometimes you'll have one go down and then it's like dominoes and it's like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and, and you're watching this and we have people using our product running ads. And so you don't want to lose any of that, right? So then uh, you're, you're like, yeah, <laughs> just messaging. Well, the worst for us is, you know, the last like 15, 30 minutes of an auction is where all the actions happen and everybody's getting outbid. That's where they raise all of their money. And the most stressful thing is that is the only time it cannot go down. Right. Uh, I don't, it, it, it's okay if it goes down at the beginning of an auction, but you never want your servers to crash at the end of an auction. So uh, we've actually done a lot of, uh, you know, work now where it doesn't happen um, anymore, but uh, it's definitely even from 15 years ago, every weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday night, you, you would, I, I couldn't tell you how many times like my, my wife and I were first dating and I would be at their house at a party on my laptop in their mom's bedroom with the door closed. So it was quiet answering phone calls. I'm sorry, working with the development guy in, in India, trying to get the servers back up, ruining my entire Saturday night because of this. And my wife like knocking on the door, are you coming out? I'm like, sorry, honey, I can't, but you know, you live and learn. But even today, even though we don't have those problems, I constantly think and worry about them still. Uh, I don't know if it's just PTSD <laughs> from back then uh, or what, but it's just constantly always something that goes in the back of my mind where, you know, you never know. Yeah, wild. And so when you when you had, I think you said you lost something like 50 to 70% of your customers at one point because of the pricing change. And then you realize that, so you fix that problem. Uh, how long did it take before you were able to see those customers come back? So um, the the good thing about our business is we don't have a traditional customer like uh, a normal SaaS business where you, your customer signs up and they're with you every single month for, you know, X number of days. Uh, our users come in because they have, you know, an auction that they want to run. And usually it's within the first three months. So if they sign up today, they're going to, you know, some people, they sign up today. Today is a Tuesday. They might launch and run their auction this coming Friday. Others might come in today, build it out and not launch for three months, right? So it's usually within three months of when they sign up is when they're launching their auction. And then they won't come back till next year. So um, the good thing about us is, yeah, we went down. So we, we hit you know, almost six months of almost no users, right? Because nobody wanted to create, like fill out a full credit application, credit card processing form, right? It was like 17 pages. Um, and so it took us a while and it really, it took me because I didn't want to tell my partner, Hey, this doesn't work. Your two, your payment processing is too old school. Like you need to have a Stripe model where people don't need to fill out 17 pages. They don't need to do a credit application. You know, these are moms and volunteers, you know, these aren't large organizations, like like the United Way with financial departments and things like that, right? So for us, it was okay, but it took me the courage to tell my partner, you know what, we're not using your payment processor anymore. And we switched right over to Stripe. 
Um, and so once we were able to do that, it only took us two months to really kind of come back because the moment we switched over, we're still getting, you know, we were, we get, you know, I don't know, a couple, let me get almost get almost a hundred auctions created a day. So, you know, it just, I mean, back then we weren't having as many, so maybe it was like 15 to 25 auctions created a day back then. So, I mean, they would come in today and then, you know, with, from that day to two months from now is kind of when things started to kind of process again. And again, once we implemented Stripe, where it was less friction, no credit application, they were ready to go immediately, you know, everything, we actually started raising more money than we were before, you know, so it, it was great. But it took the courage to tell a partner, hey, thanks for giving me all the money. But if you want your equity to be worth anything, you know, we have to change and pivot because your credit card processor is too old school for, for what we're doing here. Yeah, that's wild. I wonder, like when I think about that, if your partner had some other issues in their business that they were scrambling to fix behind the scenes, sort of like when a duck's paddling and their feet are below the water. And maybe that's why they weren't contributing as much because they themselves were fairly distracted. Because if they had that process for you, imagine what it would have been like for all their other customers. Yeah. Yeah, it yep. seems. Yeah, I can see that being something. So uh, now, like we kind of just before we got on the podcast, you were sharing like your health journey and <clears throat> how you're sort of living your goals and, and you're feeling like you're more on fire than ever before. Um, what shifted? What what switched? Um, all right, I'll tell you what shifted. Um, so, and I don't know if I've ever told anybody this, but, um, you, you know, Dan Martell, and I'm sure you've read his book, the buyback principle, right? Or buy back your time. Yeah. So two years ago, while he was writing that book, um, I was going through 75 hard. I was probably in day 50, 60 doing very well. Uh, feeling energized. My life was on track. I was doing all these great things. And he's like, Tom, I want to interview you for my book. So I don't know if you, in that book, I got about a page, maybe a page and a half. It's titled, it's titled The Alcoholic Millionaire. I don't know if you know that, that page or not, but um, you probably don't. You probably just read it and went right through it. Well, I'm the alcoholic millionaire. Um, and I didn't know what the title of that was going to be. Um, after I was interviewed and I didn't even know if he was going to put it in the book or not, but he did. But like I finished 75 hard and then I just kind of went back into my old ways. Right. Binge drinking, eating, you know, doing all the crap. And, you know, I can at that point I was good because I bought back a lot of my time, you know, hiring key players. But I let myself go. You know, I wasn't there mentally. I health wise, I was a complete mess, right? And reading that page and a half and that title, The Alcoholic Millionaire, and I was like, oh God, I kind of don't like this guy anymore. Why would he call me that? But the thing was, was I was, you know, my my dad died as an alcoholic, my brother died as an alcoholic. I could see myself going down that path. Um, we built a great company. Um, you know, at the time of being interviewed, we were hoping to do about 14, I think, million dollars. Um, and by the time the book came out, um, we actually crushed it. We were at 30 million um, in revenue. And I started thinking like, 
this is, I don't, other people see me like this and I don't even see myself like this. And it just kind of came to the point where it's like, I don't want to end up like my dad. I don't want to end up like my brother. I don't want my son to end up like me and, or my daughter. I mean, I, I would, I drink diet Cokes, you know, like, like crazy in the part of, in the book, it talks about like my daughter would, and I would go to Chili's cause Chili's has the best diet Coke in the world. And she would go toe to toe with me drinking large diet Cokes. You know, we'd have four in like 35 minutes. And, um, when I saw her just kind of chugging these things, like, like I guess picking up my mannerisms, I guess, or, or, or my habits, I was like, Oh shit, they pick up a lot more than, than I think that they do. And that's when I was like, Ooh, I gotta, I gotta change something. I'm like, you know, I think we did good. We got to about 30 million in revenue. If I want to get to a hundred and then eventually a billion, like I have to make dramatic changes in myself and change the, the direction of my life. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. And I don't know if, if I didn't read that in Dan's book, what he wrote about me, I don't know if I would have done anything different or if I would have kept down the same path. But I think when he labeled, and I don't know why I never asked him why he labeled that section that, um, but that is when it kind of hit home like, oh yeah, maybe I do have a problem. Like, I don't think I have, you know, I'm like, yeah, I binge drink on the weekends and have some fun and, you know, nothing ever bad happens. But I'm like, oh, but I feel like shit for till Wednesday. I'm not motivated. You know, I'm leaving so much more potential on the table. You know, my wife always liked me better when I was doing 75 hard and working out. I was more productive. She always, you know, would say that I'm I have so much more potential in me. And I always knew it, too. But I wasn't following through on it. I wasn't acting that way. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't moving. I wasn't feeding my mind. I wasn't exercising. And, you know, it, it just comes out in the way that you perform, you know, at work and around your kids and your family. And, you know, that's kind of where I think everything changed was, you know, I had to take a deep, um, a deep look at myself and say, Hey, yeah, it's okay. You're not perfect, but you know, let's make some changes now. And, um, that's kind of what I did. So I hired a performance coach, I have some non-negotiables that I got to do every single day and, you know, we're getting back on track and, you know, working out, I feel good. And yeah. So that's why I said this year is only about myself. I'm not worried about work. I figure work will just, or my companies will grow no matter what is a byproduct of myself improving. Um, and really just, you know, I fought with a lot of anxiety and fear and I still have some of those, you know, but so like social anxiety, you, you, you say, you know, you probably wouldn't think it, but yeah, man, I would go to, I'd go to the, I'd go to our meetings, you know, the boardroom meetings and um, I'd be like, Oh God, I'm so nervous about going. I'm going to have to talk to people. I, you know, I feel like an imposter. Like is my company big enough, bad enough? Is it good? You know, am I doing anything? And I just felt like, I don't even belong here. <laughs> There's so many times I wanted to quit just because I felt like I didn't belong in this group uh, of other, you know, business owners and tech founders and, you know, and um, yeah, but that's all mindset, you know? So as soon as I started working on that and changing up the way that I think and, you know, all of that is kind of when things started changing. 
<laughs> you know the number of times I've thought that too? Even like at this last boardroom session in Boston, I came back and I was just like, here I'm around this room and I just felt like it, like in a good way, a sense of like humility, um, humbled by people like yourself and others in the room. And then, but also feeling a little bit like, I'm like, do I, like, do I belong here? Like, is this, um, you know, th- these, it's it's very uh, impressive, right? And and can be intimidating in, in, in many ways. And and I feel this strong sense I need to perform more, right? Like, I'm like, am I, are we performing enough? And so I can 100% relate to that. It's funny as well, Dan mentioned to me, he said, um, he said, he talked about like the extreme accountability and just reaching out to some people and getting their feedback on like what um and so i reached out to this one guy and i i said uh hey would you mind just like sharing like some feedback that i could benefit from uh from your perspective and i and you know and you realize it's it's going to be their perspective but i want to take it on board anyways and i had some uh, he told me three things and one of them was just like the thing that I didn't want to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I just knew I had to confront it and, um, and it was internal in our, in our team. So, but it was really about the product and realizing I'm like, I don't want to disrupt the stuff that we're putting in practice. Right. I don't want to be the reason that we've now got a stick in our wheel. And mm-hmm. it was a hard one for me to hear because it's the thing that I love to do the most and for so that was a good one for me to get and i just was just like yeah thank you for sharing that that's going to change and i've changed it moving forward but i know it's going to be better but it's you know it's that's the feedback that i need to hear so i can grow and uh and sometimes it's uh it's kind and sometimes it's it's kind and clear and i just need to then implement it but that's it's cool that you were able to have that experience reading it. Like that's pretty cool. That's very remarkable. Yeah. Um, one one point I want to just add to that is, um, so I started my transformation before this our la- uh, last boardroom meeting, and I was leaving, and I was telling my wife, I'm like, this is the first time I'm going to one of these where I don't feel nervous, where I really have no thought about it at all. Like I had no expectation, um, and I almost think as entrepreneurs we need to almost when we go to these meetings, like stop worrying about how good your business is or growing your business. I think it's, you know, I think we all just need to work on ourselves. Like we have to 10 X our, our, like ourselves, our performance and what we do, not necessarily 10 X our business. Cause I feel like if we can improve ourselves then our business is just going to ultimately improve anyways. Right. Um, and I think, kind of going into this, everybody has too much pressure on themselves of like, oh God, you know, I only increased my revenue by $500,000 is, you know, in the last hundred days. Well, that's $500,000 in a hundred days or $500,000 a month for the last three months since the last time we met. Like some people think like I grew from 15 to 30 and I was, I'm still like, man, I'm $30 million. That's pretty great. Everybody's like, oh, that's wonderful. But I'm like, oh, man, I think we could have done more. It's like it was never it's never good enough. Right. So I feel like when we go into these meetings with too much pressure, like we're not growing because we don't feel like we're, we're doing enough. I get that comes back to like, hey, I'm going to focus on myself and I'm going to tell you how great I'm doing as a person and all the things I'm doing to improve myself. And I hope you take away that then this business strategy to grow your revenue, because 
I think you would take more out of it if I told you, hey, this is what I did to, to level up my own game and forget the business for now and, you know, work on yourself and then eventually your business will come around. Yeah, that's such, such good advice. That's really good advice. Um, that was actually really the my my last question, which would be if um, to those who's listening, what's one thing you'd want to say to them that, uh, you know, they're on their entrepreneurial journey as well and they're facing challenges or, um, you know, and they're looking at what to do personally, professionally uh, in their space. And yeah, what would be a piece of advice that you'd want to share? And maybe you would have shared to yourself 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, really just because of this journey I'm on currently, it's focus on yourself first. Um, you know, I look at it as, you know, three things, mind, body, bank account. Um, if you get your mind right, you'll eventually get your body right. If you get your body right, your bank account's just going to automatically go up, right? If you get your mind and body working in sync, um, you know, that's, eating healthy, having a good mindset, getting rid of the negative emotions. There's always going to be neg. I mean, from what we do, we own businesses. There's always something negative going on, right? You get some wins, but then you get a shit ton of negative, you know, failures, right? And it's how you kind of manage those failures. And you need a strong mindset to kind of look at it, not as a negative, but spin it as like, okay, I learned, or this is how we can improve and not, you know, kind of, you know, you know, create an emotional home where you can basically have, you know, um, a good mindset where you're not taking these negative things that constantly happen, like an employee leaving you or an A player leaving you or a customer leaving you and turning that into the, the sky is falling. My business is going down because what that's going to ultimately do is affect your entire team. Um, and, you know, if you can just figure out how to just say, hey, yeah, that sucks. Or a player is leaving and you wish them good luck. I hope you have much success and you work with the rest of your team to figure out, hey, you know, do we know anybody else? Ask the person that's leaving. Hey, I wish you luck. Thanks for all your time. Do you know anybody you can refer? Instead of saying, hey, you're an asshole. Why are you leaving me? Doing all these things that would be negative, trying to spin it into um, a positive, you know, light, I guess you can say it that way. Um, and just kind of using those negative emotions or, or failures and kind of learning from them is kind of the biggest thing that I would take away. I spent a lot of years thinking that, oh my God, my business is going to fall apart when all of these negative things happen, like our server crashing constantly right back in the day. Um, and you know what? You might take it for a minute, but the more that you can slowly level out your emotions and say, hey, it's not, the sky isn't falling. Our business is still here. We're going to keep pushing forward. Your whole team is going to kind of grab onto that, right? You're the leader of your team. Um, and I, that, and then I also think like you got to eat healthy. You got to move. If your body isn't there, you know, you're going to show, you're not going to show up to work when you, when you need to be there. Um, I spent many, many weekends partying on Saturday and then feeling like garbage until Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, like I'm not there for my team, right? You know, th they can tell that I'm not on my A game, you know, and that kind of brings everybody down. Right. So, you know, just kind of starting to realize like, Hey, I think really what it is, I just crafted my new 25 year vision. So I'm 43. This is a big, big realization for me. 
So um, uh, my my performance coach said, okay, look back at the last 25 years. How old were you 25 years ago? I'm like, I don't know. I can't do math, right? I'm, I'm very horrible at math. I never passed college. So I was 19. It's like, man, look what you built in the last 25 years. Now imagine, you know, the next 25 years, how old are you going to be? I'm going to be 69 in 25 years. Like that is still so young, right? And just think about how much further I am now for the next 25 years. Um, and it's really just kind of setting a clear goal of where you're trying to go so that, you know, these little things and issues that kind of pop up and like even, you know, like my why my fitness journey and, and my health journey is going now too is because I set my goal for the next 25 years. Like I didn't have that. Like I set my previous goal and I feel like I reached it, you know, when I was 40 and then I never set new goals, you know, and now my new ones are like, I just want my kids to like me and want to be around me, you know? Um, and I want to obviously build bigger and better companies. And I want my current companies to be larger than they are today. Um, but if you don't have a clear vision of where you want to go in the next 25 years or five years or one year, it's easy to get off track. Right. So I kind of set brand new 25 year goals and, you know, I'm sticking to them. And the other thing is realizing like, you know, there's no such thing as easy, right? Nothing you build that's worth building is going to be easy. Passive, this, this passive income that you see on TikTok and everybody's saying, Oh, you make this passive income like all these kids are buying into that crap. Like there's no way that you're not going to be able to do anything that creates passive income unless you create the course that teaches people how to create passive income. And then you sell that course to all these people that are naive and, and are buying it. Right. But trying to just realize like, Hey, this is going to be a grind and just don't worry about the big win in the fancy, you know, car or anything. Just don't worry about, don't think about having any money for a while while you're building it and just put your head down and just grind and, you know, just kind of keep going and just realize it's going to, you're, you're in it for the long haul, you know? Tom, this has been such a pleasure. The amount of uh, wisdom that you have just shared in the space of a few minutes is insane. I feel like I just need to chew on this for a bit. <laughs> and I'm sure on behalf of everybody listening, like, just thank you, man. Like that was, that's really cool. That was really cool. And uh, yeah, you, you are a great guy. You're one of my heroes. I feel like you are tackling the big things and, you know, both in business, but personally, and, and that's like, what is more noble than that? Like how cool. So appreciate you, man. Awesome. A lot of fun. Thank you.